Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 6, episode number 29. We're going to get into some shooting development. Uh, I apologize that this episode is actually being released on a Monday instead of this past Friday. Uh, I'm in Arkansas. We had spring break. And actually, my wife and I, 20th wedding anniversary happened to fall. Um, actually, it was on the 19th, which was a week ago, more than a week ago. Uh, but we went out of town uh, and we celebrated our anniversary, 20 years of wedding bliss. And um, so I had to, you know, spend some time with her, didn't do anything with my basketball, anything with, with, um, with, with my podcast and preparing my show. So this is being released a little bit late, but it's all good. And she listens to every single one of my podcasts. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I appreciate you, babe. I love you. And I tr- truly, truly, truly appreciate your support. So we're going to get into this today. We're talking about shooting development. Now, there are a lot of different shooting gurus and shooting coaches that's at the NBA level, the youth level. And and I'm not claiming to be a guru. I'm not claiming to be the best at teaching shooting. But uh, I will say that, you know, I have been doing skill development for 20 years and I've helped a lot of players with their shooting. And I have a method. I have my own theories. And I'm just going to share with you some of those things. Now, I'm not going to bore you and get into things like, you know, small details like, oh, when you snap your wrist, your your index finger, your thumb should pinch. Um, You should have 10 toes to the rim or should you be turn? Should you jump straight up and down or jump forward? And and we'll discuss that, my thoughts on that. Um, But I'm just going to give you some things that I feel like that have helped me develop players. And these are just some things that I try to go through and do and teach when I'm working with players and developing their shot. I will say this. Everybody that teaches or coaches basketball has a certain way of doing things. And I do. I do have a certain way of doing things. But I'm also smart enough to know that if if I have a certain method or theory or thought and it's not working for a particular player, I have to figure out why it's not working for that player. Okay? It could be that you know, their body type, their size, their mechanics, their coordination, you know, their hands need some type of adjustment. So there's never really just one way that I teach shooting. Now, that doesn't mean that I just change on a, on a whim, but everybody is different. And I think that is really, really important. Now, I do have some non-negotiables and we'll, and I will get into that. I do have Three non-negotiables that I, I feel like every player that I that I work with, they we're not going to negotiate on this. You have to do these three things. And those are the three things that I feel like are, are the basis or the foundation of good shooting. And we'll, and we'll talk about that. Um, but again, whether you read a book, whether you go to a coaching clinic, whether you... Uh, watch something on YouTube, everybody is going to have a different thought. There are, or I'm not going to say everybody, but there are going to be several different ways that people teach shooting, right? And, and it's all a theory. Uh, it's That's what it is. It's a theory. So, you know, what works for one coach may not work for another, but what might work for you might not work for me, Um what might work for me may not work for you. And when I say won't work for you, meaning that it doesn't work at all, but when you have a method or a theory and you believe it, then you're going to really study it and try to make sure that you can teach it the best way you could teach it. 
So if you're really behind something, you're going to teach it to the best of your ability. Okay. Now, um, here's the last thing I'm going to say before we really get into this thing. Here's something I want, want every, everybody that's listening to understand. Since I'm talking about shooting development and theories, it's easy for me or for an individual to go to YouTube or to use video clips of different shooting or different players and say, this is how the best players shoot and to back up their theory. Not saying that it's wrong, but there are a lot of people that do that and say, hey, you know, this is how Steph Curry shoot. You should shoot like this. Just because Steph Curry shoots it a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way you have to shoot. Now, he has some things about his shot that players need to replicate. Same thing with Klay Thompson, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Glenn Rice. Now I'm throwing some old school names at y'all. Mitch Richmond, Eddie Jones, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, you know, J.J. Reddick. Like, all those players' shots are completely different. I didn't mention one shot, and you said, oh, man, they shots do look very similar. I don't even know if you can name two players whose shot look the same. No two players' shot are the same, so how can we sit up here and say that this is the one way you're supposed to shoot? And everybody's shots look completely different. I, I could... I, this is this is how I feel about about shooting your 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 jump shot your form or your technique is like your it's like your handwriting right so and this is the analogy I use with a lot of players I can line up forty players or twenty players on the baseline or on the sideline and I can sh- go through shooting with them shooting technique, how you're supposed to hold the ball, how you're supposed to lift the ball, how you're supposed to use your legs, how you're supposed to follow through, where your follow through is supposed to be. And I can do that with 40 different players. And at the end of that training session or at the end of that day, we'll have 40 different shots. Every single shot will be different. Okay. Now, with that, You have to make sure that you understand when you're teaching that every player is going to be different. Their body type is different. Some players have long, skinny fingers, which can have an effect on how they grip the ball. Some players have short, stubby fingers, which can have an effect on how they release the ball. So if they have smaller hands, their hand placement might be a little bit different versus if they got bigger hands, right? If they have uh, coordination issues, you know, and, you know, coming up through your legs and lifting the ball at the same time can have an effect on how you shoot the basketball and your ability to release the ball and your, and your ability to have a nice rhythm to your shot. Then the strength of the player. You're going to have some players that have good coordination, but they're just not that strong. So if they're not that strong, then they may push the ball more from underneath their chin. Their shooting hand or their shooting elbow may flare out a little bit to try to generate more power. They might try to use their thumb on their their non-shooting hand to generate more power. So all these different things take place. All these different things you have to you have to consider when you're teaching shooting. Uh, someone may not have a strong, you know, lower body. Uh, their coordination may be off. So it's a number of different things. Okay. So all these things take, you know, you have to think about when it comes to, when it comes to shooting. It's not just, I'm going to teach him these things because this guru or this coach said it on YouTube or on their website or on this blog, I have to really understand what I'm doing and I have to study it and understand it and then be able to teach it and not only be able to teach it, but make adjustments. Okay. Make adjustments. So, all right. Um, 
with me, I feel like there are seven shots that, and so let's so let's talk about this. There are seven shots that every player needs to develop. And so when I'm working with players, these are the seven shots that I work on. Okay, these are the seven shots that I work on. Uh, number one is a spot up. I feel like that's the easiest way to teach a player how to shoot, to really work on their mechanics. We stand in one spot, we catch and shoot. I know it's block shooting, block drills, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that's a that's a very important step, an intricate step when it comes to shooting or teaching development or shooting development, because they're going to need that in the beginning because you're going to need a lot of reps. Number two, transition shooting or fast break. So this could be running from a half court to a certain spot, catching and shooting. OK, uh, it could be the trail man coming down the court, catching and shooting anything that you may do in, in on a fast break. Uh, number three, off the dribble. One dribble pull-ups, two dribble pull-ups, hesitations, uh, off a change of directions. You got to be able to shoot off the dribble. Uh, finishing at the rim. Now, this is not technically a jump shot, but it is a form of shooting, finishing at the rim. So we have different layups. We have different I, – I, I actually teach three different ways – to finish with the ball based on how your defender is guarding you. You know, you got underhand or extended when the ball is extended out from you. You got overhand, which is, you know, your typical regular layup. And then you got away from your body. And so those are the three ways I teach to shoot it. And players have to learn that. Uh, but that's a form of shooting, finishing at the rim. Uh, we have off screens. So players have to be able to read screens use screens, you know, understand uh, when to pop, when to curl, when to hard curl, when to fade, you know, know what a flare screen is, you know, all these different things um, off, of, off of screens. They have to be able to shoot off of cuts, okay, off cuts. So can you V-cut, L-cut, you know, can you shallow cut, you know, what, you know, UCLA cut, different types of cuts. Can you cut in different ways and get your get your shot off, catch and shoot? Um, and then number seven, on the move or off penetration. So we have to be able to, based on penetration, can I drift, can I lift, cut back door, can I shoot off penetration? Can I be ready to knock down that shot Based off of the penetration, do I know where to go off penetration? Uh, I may get the extra pass. So there may be penetration baseline, throw to the opposite corner, corner catches, one more pass to the wing. Can I catch and shoot and knock that down? So and some of those kind of blend together because uh, the spot up can be transitioned. I could sprint the floor, run to the corner, throw to the corner, pass comes to the corner, catch and shoot. You could consider that a spot up or you can consider that transition shooting. Uh, you can shoot off the dribble in transition. You can, uh, you know, off penetration with a spot up. So some of these kind of kind of blend together. But those are the, those are the shots that I typically focus on when I'm when I'm working with a player on shooting. OK, so let's talk a little bit about how I teach shooting, how I teach shooting. Now, again, this isn't anything profound. This isn't anything just like going to blow you away. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so don't think of uh, what I'm about to give you is just is going to be something just mind blowing. But the number the number one thing I like to do when I when I teach shooting is keep it simple. If you don't get anything else, if you don't remember me saying anything else from this from this podcast episode, just remember when you are teaching shooting, keep it simple. You don't have to be over the top. You don't have to prove to the player how much you know. You don't have to prove to the player that you're a shooting guru or this, that, and other. Keep it simple. That's it. That's it. I think sometimes we try to just go, we just try to do too much as coaches. 
We want to prove that we're smarter than the next man. Keep it simple. I've, I, you know, again, I've been, I've been doing this a long time, and I've learned to just keep it simple. People love simplicity. People love for things to be straight to the point. Just keep it simple. All right. So when I teach, I give the information that the player need at that time. That's it. This is what you need to hear for this particular moment. Right now, this is the information you need. Now, there's some other information I can give you, but for right now, this is what you need. So I don't want to give too much too soon because here's what you don't want. You don't want players to get consumed with all this information about shooting and then they think too much and overanalyze. Now you got a player that's tense. You got a player that's second guessing themselves and you'll develop a player that, that thinks that every time that they miss a shot, that something is wrong. And that's not true. Players have to understand. I was just having this conversation with a young lady yesterday. She, as soon as she came in, she was real tense. And I told her, I said, you got to relax. You have to relax. And so I asked her about um, shooting. So we were talking about shooting because we, we always start every session with form shooting. And so I asked her, I said, what's a good three-point shooting percentage? And she said, um, she told me about 45%. No, she said 40%. I said, you're right. Well, she said 40 or 45. I can't remember because we were talking numbers. So let's say she said 40%. I said, you're right. I said, 40% is a, that's a good, you're considered a good three-point shooter. I said, so if you're making 40%, what percentage of the shots are you missing? And she said, 60. I said, you see, you actually are going to miss more than you make and you're still considered a good shooter. I said, so coaches, this helps with shooting development. If you let players understand this. As a coach, if you are giving a player the green light to shoot, you are also giving them the green light to miss. Let me say that one more time. Coaches, if you are giving a player a green light to make or a green light to shoot, you're also giving them a green light to miss. Now, I'm not talking about missing bad shots. I'm not talking about shots where you got two or three people on, on you. I'm not talking about, um, you know, early in the shot clock, pulling up for 30, from 35 feet. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying shots that, that you give them the green light to shoot, if they shoot it, you're giving them the green light to miss. What happens or what I've seen happen a lot with young players, junior high, middle school, junior high, high school players in the AAU level, players will miss shots and coaches will say something to them about missing those shots. So now the player is more concerned about the outcome. But me as a coach, as a, as a trainer, I try to get the player to forget about the outcome. When we're learning, let's focus on the feel and the mechanics of the shot. And I had to get them to understand, you're going to miss. You're going to miss. If you can shoot 45% from the field, 45 up to 50% from the field, you're considered a, a great shooter if you're on the perimeter. So that means you're going to miss 50 to 55% of your shots. And you're still considered a really good shooter. All right. So anyway, going back to how I teach, we want to keep it simple. Don't give them too much information. We don't want them to be to to be tense and to overanalyze what's going on. So when it comes to keeping it simple, number two, you got to focus on one thing at a time. This could be very hard, especially if you're working with a player that's just learning how to shoot. If they're learning how to shoot, you want to tell them about the feet, about their hands, about their eyes, their elbow, and this and that, and all these different things. And I, I say focus on one thing at a time, but I want, I, I want to be cautious by saying that because if, if you have a third grader and they've never been taught how to shoot a basketball before, you, you probably will give them a lot of information. But here's what I do. I show them. Everything. Make sure your feet are lined up, you know, make sure your feet are done, you know, in a certain way. Make sure you got your, your certain grip. 
Make sure you're holding the ball in a certain way. But then once they shoot, I tell them I tell them to focus on one thing. Typically, that's their follow through. Are you snapping your wrists? That's that's what I want to see. I've learned over the years that's typically the hardest thing for players to become to make a habit. If players shoot with two hands and they throw the ball at the basket and they're not snapping their wrists, that typically takes the longest. So I, I typically make them focus on that one thing. So I show them everything. If we're doing form shooting, I make sure they're lined up, make sure they're holding the ball correctly. I don't say anything to them about it. I might tell them, hey, you know, fix your feet. I don't want their feet, you know, um, you know, all jacked up. I don't want their left foot in front of their right foot if they're right-handed. Uh, I don't want their feet pointing in opposite directions. But, you know, I typically fix their feet, but I tell them to focus on their follow-through. I don't care if you make it. I don't care if you miss it. You can swish it. You can brick it. You can shoot the ball over the backboard for all I care. But make sure that when you shoot it, you snap your wrist. Even if their hand goes straight up in the air, I look at their wrist. Is their wrist snapped? If it's snapped, I tell them good job. Because in the beginning, with younger players, they're not going to break their habit in one session, typically. So I just... I try to give give them some type of feedback, let them know, hey, you're doing it right, you're getting better. Um, and then over time, each time that we meet, we gradually make improvements to, to their shooting. So how I teach shooting, number one, keep it simple. Number two, focus on one thing at a time. Number three, I typically really like to focus on the beginning and the end of their shot. Okay, Being on balance with your feet and a follow through as the end of the shot. Good wrist action, you know, with high follow-through. Elbow above your eyes, wrist up and over the front of the rim. Okay, so that's what I really like to focus on. Uh, so their feet and their hands. Everything else pretty much kind of works itself out. Uh, but those are the two things I really like to focus on. All right, and then the last thing when it comes to, to teaching, uh, to how I teach shooting is I focus on the feel of the shot. Can the player feel the correct way to shoot the ball? Okay, they must develop this ability to auto-correct. I can't be on the court with them every time they have a game. Their parents are not going to always be in a position to be able to tell them what they need to do. The player has to feel the difference between the way that they were shooting and the way that they're trying to develop their shooting. And once they can feel the difference between the two, now they can start to autocorrect. They can shoot it, and they can be like, oh, I didn't, I, you know what, I, I didn't snap my wrist on that one. Okay, make the correction. They shoot it, boom, oh, I made the correction. Could you feel it? Yep, I can feel it. So it's a feel. Now, you have to be active and really engaged in this as a coach because – you don't want a player to shoot, and every time they shoot, they're, oh, I didn't do this. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I didn't do this. Sometimes what you have to do is just tell them, hey, just shoot the ball. Let me do my job. You do your job. Your job is to shoot. My job is to give you feedback and tell you what you need to correct. If I don't say anything, keep shooting. Um, so we got to be careful with that. That's a thin line. You know, you got to be careful. Uh, but but you but you you get my point. Now, um, let me tell you this real quick, and then we're gonna move on. When you're doing shooting, if a player shoots and you're focusing on one thing, yes, in the beginning you can say, "Nope, try again. I need you to snap your wrist." Let them shoot again. Snap your wrist, and you can just constantly remind them of that. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to say, hey, snap your wrist. Oh, your elbow was out. Oh, you did this. Oh, you did that. This is why you missed. Sometimes you got to just let them shoot. I don't believe in correcting when it comes to shooting. I don't believe in correcting after every single shot. And I typically do that after maybe a couple of sessions with the player because I want them to be able to, again, feel the shot. 
How did it feel? Can you feel a difference? If they say no, then I know that they're still in that very beginning stage, very, very beginning phase of learning how to shoot or improve their shooting. But once they can tell me they can feel it, then it's different. Uh, but sometimes I like to let the player get off five, six, seven, eight shots before I even suggest that they make a correction or a change because I want to see if they can make that change on their own. So if we're talking about follow through, a player shoots it, they didn't snap their wrist. And this is after a few sessions. They go again, they didn't snap their wrist. They go again, they didn't snap their wrist. Now I'm going to say, hey, make sure to snap your wrist. Or I'm just going to say wrist. And they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. So let's get on through this. Um, the next thing that I have for you is must-haves in my shooting development. Must-haves. These are things that, that we're going to do. All right. We're going we're gonna to do these things when it comes to, to my shooting development. Number one, form shooting. Mimic shooting without the jump. Start in close. Work your way out. Focus on rhythm, using your legs. Lift, getting, the guess, getting your hand under the ball, and finishing with a high follow-through. Then add your feet. Okay, and what I mean by that is stepping into it, you know, maybe moving in different directions, maybe shuffling left or right, um, you know, it could be, you know, backpedal, a couple steps, jogging, a couple steps, you know, catch and shoot, anything like that. Or it could be backpedal, step in, hop, you know, catch off the hop, jump up and shoot. Right. Um, so with form shooting, I like to start in close, move my way out and your form shooting it's like grooving your shot so you can do multiple, multiple shots. So it doesn't have to all be stationary and raise up and shoot. You know, you can start that way and you can get some type of movements, you know, shuffle to the left, cut to the right, catch and shoot. Shuffle to the right, cut to the left, catch and shoot. Backpedal. You know, and then coach could call out left to right. The player goes left, catch, shot. You can also add the dribble. It could be uh, one dribble, left, right, shot. One dribble, right, left, shot. Uh, alternate between dribble with your right and left hand. It could be uh, pound dribble, working on dribble pickups, pound, make a combo move, stationary combo move, pull up and shoot. You're just grooving your shot. So I really... Really spend a lot of time on foreign shooting. Um, number two in my must-haves in my shooting development is technique isolation. This is focusing on one thing at a time if a player is struggling in an area. So if a player is struggling with not taking their left hand off the ball soon enough, then we'll isolate that. If a player is not getting on balance when they shoot off the dribble or off the catch, we'll focus on them being on balance. If a player is struggling with uh, shooting off the dribble and picking up the basketball and getting in their shot pocket, we'll isolate that. So there are different things that, that we can do to isolate that. And that's the thing about skill development. Sometimes you have techniques that you need to work on that you can't go to YouTube and, and find drills for. So you have to come up or develop different things based on your player. So, you know, that's the thing about, about skill development. You, you have to really be in tune to what you're doing. Number three, must-haves in my shooting development, drill progression slash layers. Um, so after form shooting, I typically get into block shooting. And that block shooting would be, you know, players stepping into it, catching and shooting. They could use their feet by stepping into it, or it could be just a catch and just jump up and shoot. It, it really depends on the player. It depends on what we're focusing on, what I'm trying to get accomplished with that player. If that player is not quite ready to step into it yet, then it'll be a catch without the step, just a catch and shoot. Um, after they step into it, we'll add some, some straight line movements, just running forward, catch and shoot, making sure they're on balance. Then we'll add some different types of of, of movements, maybe going to the right, maybe going to the left. It could be a shuffle, anything like that. 
So uh, drill progressions uh, or layers. So that's kind of what I do when they're shooting uh, off the catch, off the dribble. We'll break it down. We'll really work on that pound dribble, picking it up, getting into that shot pocket. We'll do one dribble and two dribble. Uh, when it comes to shooting off the dribble, that's what I. That's where we spend the most of our time. One dribble and two dribble pull-ups. The ball handling aspect of it, the, the change of directions and crossovers in between the legs, that's just to shift your defender. So what I tell players real quick, what I tell players is when you're off the dribble or even off the catch, you're trying to shift your defender. You're trying to shift them left, right, backwards, or up. Okay? Or up. Um, if I can shift my defender to the left, I'm going to separate to my right. If I can shift my defender to the right, I'm going to separate left. If I can, you know, make a move and make my defender back up, now I can pull straight up. If I can make them jump or lean forward or get their weight on their toes, now I can go left, right, or forward. So I want to shift that defender. But typically... After a player makes a change of direction, they get into a one or two dribble pull-up. So we don't spend a whole lot of time on going in and out between the legs, behind the back, one dribble pull-up. We spend a lot of our time on the one dribble pull-up. And we'll work on making some moves, but it's not memorized. I'm not trying to get you to memorize a in and out, double cross between the legs, step back, hezzy into a uh, over-the-top crossover into a fadeaway jumper. We're not going to do that. If we're developing that, we're going to work on the handle, yes, but I'm going to emphasize to them the footwork and the balance that's needed after they make that last change of direction. So I may tell them, okay, I'm going to be your defender. Uh, you're going to attack me, and then you're going to make the read. Make sure you get the separation. You you make the read, and and we're gonna work on shooting the pull up. All right, uh, let's keep this thing moving. So we talked about drill progression, uh, off the catch and off the dribble, and also another must have uh, is different foot patterns. So here's what I mean by foot patterns. We may, you know, be in the slot and drift to the wing and then sprint back towards the slot for the catch and shoot. We may start at the elbow, backpedal to the wing, lift towards the slot, and then run away back towards the wing, catch and shoot. And we'll talk about how to catch that ball when we're running away from it. Uh, we may talk about inside foot pivot. We may talk about getting our hips turned before the catch. Um, we'll talk about, you know, inside turn, you know, on the catch or turning your hips before the ball gets there. Anything like that to uh, make sure that when we catch, catch that basketball, we're on balance. But we spend a lot of time talking about loading up our legs to make sure our feet are underneath us so we can change our momentum of if we're going towards the baseline. If we're running towards the baseline, our momentum is going towards the baseline. Now, as that ball approaches us, we have, we have to get our momentum to go from the baseline to up. So we got to make sure our feet are underneath us and we're on balance. We talk about how our feet have to beat the pass. We don't want the ball up on us and our feet are not ready. So we, we use different foot patterns. Um, it could be, a, um, man, it could be a number of different things. I don't know. Uh, you could be on the wing, run towards the towards the free throw line, get to the free throw line, you pop out to the top of the key, and then run to the elbow for the catch and shoot. Just anything to get them moving in different patterns and doing different things, whether you're sprinting, whether you're shuffling, whether you're backpedaling, whether you're changing direction, anything, so they have to really concentrate and focus on finding their feet. And then the last must-have in my shooting development is we got to simulate game situation shooting. Shots that players are going to shoot in the game. Drift, lifts, fades, flares, one or two dribble pull-ups, spot-ups, the whole nine. Coming off screens, coming off the dribble, being effective, 
uh, making players think about the defense, even though if it's just me and another player, hey, it's not going to just be two people. It's not going to be just one-on-one. You can't make this move at the top of the key and then end up over by the corner shooting a jump shot. Like, the defense ain't going to let you do that. <laughs> you know, so we they have to understand what we're doing and, and where we are and the slots and the gaps in the defense and things that they're going to see in the game, and we try to replicate that as much as, po- as, much as possible. All right, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, whew, I've been out here longer than I thought. Um, so let's wrap this up real quick. So here are my three non-negotiables when teaching shooting. These are non-negotiable. We're not going to debate it, but it's not even it's not even up for debate. It's not going to be an argument. It's just this is how it's going to be. These are my three non-negotiables. Number one, you have to when I'm teaching shooting, you have to have a high follow through. We're not going to bring our elbow down. You're not going to be it's not going to be out to the side. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be behind our ear. None of that. It's it's got to be. You know, a good high follow through, elbow above your eyebrows, wrist up and over the front of the rim. You should be able to look at the rim. If if that player's hand in the right spot, they can look at the rim and still be able to see their their wrists. If their follow through is up too high and they have to look up or tilt their head, then their follow through is not in the right spot. If their follow through is too low and they have to look down at it, that tells you that's not in the right spot. So, you know, a high follow-through is non-negotiable. Number two, balance, balance, balance. You're going to be on balance. We're going to work on that. Uh, We're going to work on shooting the basketball on balance. Okay? Now, high-level players will work on shooting some off-balance shots. But here's the thing. They must know certain techniques to do it correctly, okay, like a fadeaway or the one-legged fadeaway. And, and you know, there's off-balance shots, like out-of-control off-balance shots, and then there are purposeful off-balance shots. Uh, but it's an on-balance, off-balance shot, if that makes sense. So Kobe Bryant shooting a fadeaway, LeBron shooting a fadeaway, uh, Michael Jordan shooting a fadeaway. You know, you're not perfectly balanced, but you're you're doing that as a as a way to create an advantage. So, you know, but they understand certain things about their shot that even though they're off balance they can still get that shot off in a certain way and be able to make it at a high percentage. And then the last non-negotiable is lift the ball. We have to lift it. We have to get our hand underneath the ball and push up, snap our wrist to be able to get the arc or the flight on the ball that we need. A lot of players that are younger and are not as strong, when they shoot the ball, their hand starts behind the ball, which is where your hand should be but they don't get the lift. So if they don't lift the ball, their hand doesn't get underneath it. If their hand doesn't get underneath the ball and they push it, then their hand stays behind the ball. And then as they're pushing the ball, it comes off flat. Now, at a quick glance, at the end of their shot, you go, oh, man, they got a nice little shot, man. They, you know, got a good follow-through. But typically... That next thing they're going to say, they need some arc on their shot. That's why. That's why. And so you will hear some coaches say, you got to shoot the ball up. Put, put, put some arc on it. Well, they're not getting arc on because their hand is behind the ball. And they're pushing it towards the basket instead of shooting it up and over the front of the rim. All right, so those are my three non-negotiables. Now, I'm going to close this out with, with, some, with some quick tips. And then I'm going to be finished. Number one. Okay, don't hold players accountable for makes until they demonstrate the ability to perform the skill. Okay, let me say that one more time. Don't hold players accountable for makes until they demonstrate the ability to perform the skill. 
So if a player has been missing shots or actually the time say a player has been missing shots. Let's say a player is learning how to shoot. I'm not going to tell them I need you to make five out of ten or you're going to run, you know, line drills. That's the dumbest thing ever. That's the dumbest thing. I don't care what it is. It could be layups. You can have them doing a dribble move. You can have them doing passing. That's stupid to me. That is, to me, it's stupid anyway to have to punish a kid or any basketball player when they're learning something for the first time, but they don't learn it um, at your pace. So you want to punish them because they haven't they haven't performed the skill up to your expectation. That's dumb. That's just that's just completely dumb. Now, I don't feel I don't feel like coaches should punish for the lack of execution when they're learning something. I do I do feel that you can punish a player or a team with line drills and conditioning when there's a lack of effort. Because I feel like that's something that a coach shouldn't have to have to coach. You shouldn't have to coach effort. Okay. Now, if they're not giving you their best effort, then you need to express to them that they're not giving you your best, giving you their best effort. And that there could be punishment for their lack of effort, not based on how well they're performing the, the, the said skill. I don't believe in that. And I don't think any coach should be doing that. But I think it's okay to punish for, you know, for lack of effort. So that's something you want to make sure. I'm not going to hold a player. And I tell them that. I'm like, look, you can't even, you, you don't know how to shoot a left-hand layup. So I'm not going to tell you when we're doing left-hand layups to make so many of them. I'm going to just tell you to use your left hand. I'm not going to be messed up about how many shots, how many jump shots you make. I just want you to try to shoot the ball the correct way every single time. Once you get to a point to where you're shooting it the way I want you to shoot it, whether it's a layup or make a pass the way I want you to make a pass, now I can start holding you accountable because you know how to do it and you can perform it. But here's something else, too. I I was telling this to a parent. A parent was like, we work on, me and my daughter will work on stuff but then they just, or I tell them to do something, they just won't do it. Well, you got to understand that when kids are young, especially youth players, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you know, they're not going to just, you're not going to be able just to tell them something and boom, they're just going to get it. It's going to take time, right? It's, it's, it's going to take some time and it's going to take, it's, and it's going to happen on their time. My daughter, who is who is 10, she's in fourth grade, and I think she's a pretty good little basketball player. She's got some potential. There are things right now I'd have to tell her constantly, over and over and over and over and over again. Like, she went through a phase where she would dribble and just stop. Like, she dribbled to the basket and the defender would get close to her and she'd just stop and pick a dribble up. Um, then she went through this phase where every time she get to the block, if she didn't have a layup, she would dribble out every single time, dribble out. Um, uh, so, you know, then she went through this phase where every time she come down the court, everything was going to the right. Now, she could go left and she could make a left hand layup as a 10 year old being able to make a left hand layup and make that layup in traffic is pretty advanced. Most kids can't do that. Like if she gets a fast break and she's going down to shoot a layup, if she's on the left side, if she has the ball in her left hand, she's going to shoot a left-hand layup. Most kids are going to go to the right side. Even high school players are going to go to the right side. College players go to the right side because that's just that dominant hand. But she will shoot the layup with her left hand and she can make it in traffic, right? So, But there are still things that you have to remind those players and until they get it, until they're able to perform it, I don't have, I don't hold them accountable. So I think that's very important. Um, number two, additional tips. Number two, there are good makes and good misses as well as bad makes. OK, so good makes and good misses mean they, they're shooting the ball the way they're supposed to. Uh, they might be missing it, but they're still shooting it the way 
that you and the player have been working on. But there are also some bad makes. So let's say, for instance, a player is shooting and their elbow is sticking out. And you and, you and that player have been working on changing that, getting that elbow in more. And they're shooting with their elbow in, but they're missing it. They missed 10 in a row. Then they stick their elbow out and they make it. And they're like, yeah, I finally made one. And you be like, no, <laughs> that's a bad make. <laughs> your elbow is out. We don't want your elbow out. I would much rather for you to shoot 50 shots with your elbow in the correct spot and you miss them all than to shoot with your elbow out and make 15 out of 50. Because eventually, you know, with, the, with enough reps, those zero out of 50, and that's extreme, but zero out of 50 would turn into 10 out of 50. And that 10 out of 50 would turn to 20, that 20 into 30, and hopefully 30 into 40, 42, 43 shots made out of 50. Whereas that 15 out of 50 might one day be 25, next day be 12, next day be 30, another day 12, another day 20, and it's all over the place because it's inconsistent because your mechanics are off. But what you're hoping is on an average day with your elbow in the correct spot, being on good balance, good follow-through, good technique, if you shoot 50 shots, you know you can come in and make, you know, 40 to 42, right? You know you can make 40 to 42 or even as many as, as little as 35. You know on the average you're going to make at least 35 out of 50 shots. And I think that's pretty good for youth player, right? All right. Um, additional tip number three. I challenge more advanced players with precision shooting. So challenge those players. If you got a, a sharp shooter that's in college, uh, a professional player that's a good shooter, challenge them with precision shooting. I had a young lady um, that played at the University of Arkansas that I've known since she was a baby. And we was... In practice, or we was doing, I was actually working with her and her sister, who is uh, in college, and uh, we were doing some shooting, and the, the the young lady was actually getting ready to go over overseas and play, and she was focused. You know, we was in the in the training session, but she wasn't focused. Like she didn't have that laser like focus. She was shooting and kind of going through the motions, and so I told her, I said, hey. I need all I need all net. I need swishes. And she looked at me and kind of laughed. And she's like, oh, okay. And but but what that did was they gave her a challenge. So instead of just going through a drill and saying, hey, I need you to make five, you know, you might say, I need need you to make five, but three of them need to be swishes. Or I need three of them to make and he can't hit the rim. Or I need you to make it to where the ball is rolling back towards you or rolling back to the towards the perimeter. You know, like those are some of the precision shooting that you can do with players. It gives them another level of focus. It gives them a challenge and it really pushes them. So with my advanced players, I do some I do some things like that. Um, so. Again, it could be so many swishes. You know, I we're going to stay right here in this spot till you give me five swishes. Or it could be a number of swishes in a row. I need three swishes in a row. Or I need you to make the ball roll back towards the perimeter three times before we move to the next spot. Just being precise and just that precision with your shooting. And then number four, an additional tip. Last one, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Don't be afraid to go slow. Every shooting drill does not have to be game speed, and not all shooting drills are game-like, okay? This is the one thing that I see a lot in Arkansas. I have players come to me, and they're shooting, and as soon as the ball leaves their fingertips, they're chasing after their shots. I don't teach players to follow their shot. If you ask any player that's been with me for an extended period of time, what does Coach TJ think about following your shot? They're going to say he don't like it. I do not like telling players to follow their shot. We're not shooting a basketball to go get a rebound. We're shooting a basketball to make it. So will you parents that are sitting in the stands watching these kids play, will you quit yelling out, follow your shot? And the only reason why you're yelling out, following your shot is because that's all you know. I could spend a whole episode on that. Follow your shot. 
No, we're not shooting to follow my shot. I'm shooting my shot to make it. Why am I going to shoot and then run after it? That's the dumbest thing ever. Anyway, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> my bad. But anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine because it builds bad habits. If you shoot the basketball and then you run after or you chase after, um, you're, not, you're not trusting your shot. You're not trusting your mechanics. And this is what I tell kids. The only people that follow their shot are bad shooters. They're bad shooters. So I tell them, you know, anytime you're at the local gym or you're at the park and you're playing basketball or you see some people playing one-on-one, watch the players that chase after the ball. They're not chasing. They follow their shot. They're not going to shoot it, run after it, dribble out to the perimeter, and then shoot another jump shot. They're going to shoot it and try to beat you to the ball so they can shoot a layup. Bad shooters follow their shot. I've never seen, and this might have happened before, there's an exception to every rule, but I've never seen Steph Curry follow his shot or Clay Thompson or J.J. Reddick, Kyle Korver, Kevin Durant, Danny Green, and think who else? Anybody. Ray Allen, Glenn Rice. I can take it old school. Reggie Miller. I don't remember seeing them guys follow their shot. I could be wrong, though. But I want players to raise up with confidence, shoot their shot, and tell the person that's rebounding that's close to the basket, you get the rebound, throw it back to them so I can shoot again. But anyway, I don't even know how I got on that. My, my bad. Uh, but don't be afraid to go slow. That's my last additional tip. Every shooting drill, again, is not game speed, and they're not, they're not all game-like. So form shooting is a great example of that. That's a wonderful drill. A lot of people talk about doing uh, – <laughs> this is what's funny. A lot of people talk about doing form shooting, but then they should say every shooting drill should be game-like and game speed. Form shooting is not game-like and it's not game speed. But it do relate to the game in some way, but it's not game-like or game speed. So um, form shooting is a great drill to groove a player's shot and give them confidence – because they're they're in close and they can see the ball go in. But typically you don't go, again, you don't go uh, game speed. So form shooting is very methodical and it, and it focuses on, on mechanics. So that episode, this episode, a little bit longer than I thought, uh, but I did have a lot of information to share with y'all. And that's just kind of how I do my shooting. Uh, you know, every coach is different. You know, you can get into the little intricate details about your hands and your feet and, you know, should you jump straight up, straight down? Should you turn, keep your 10 toes to the rim? In those type of details, I will say this. It all depends on the player. I have some players I've had to turn. I've had some players I've had them 10 toes to the rim. I've had some players I've told to jump straight up, straight down. I've had other players I've told to jump forward. I've had some players that could catch it, dip it, and then raise up and shoot. I've had other players that could just catch it and go straight up and shoot. But I'll tell you this, and I'll close on this. I don't care what guru you listen to. How many theories there are out there, whether you listen to me or any other coach, it's two things that's going to remain consistent. And if somebody says anything different than these two things, then you listening to somebody that don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to call them an idiot because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But I'm going to tell you that they don't that they don't know a whole lot. If you go and read any book or watch any DVD, or any movie, or not movie, but clip, or YouTube video of anybody teaching shooting, it's two things that they need to say. Number one, they need to talk about balance. If they're not talking about balance, and, this, and when I say this, I'm talking about teaching a player to shoot from the ground up. Teaching a young player how to shoot. If they're teaching someone how to shoot that, that doesn't understand the proper mechanics and footwork that goes into a, sh- into a shot, then these are two things that they have to learn. 
I'm not talking about trying to shoot a Kobe Bryant fadeaway. Nothing like that. Basic mechanical shot. It's two things going to always remain the same. Balance, which is what I hear of all of these shooting gurus that I've heard and watched and seen on Instagram and all that stuff. They always say balance. And they always talk about follow through, a good follow through. Now, their terms that they may use, their terminology they may use could be completely different. But those two things remain constant. Your follow through and your balance. Just like I said earlier, the beginning of your shot, which is your feet, and the end of your shot, which is your hands. Everything else that's in there can work it, can, can work itself out. Right? But it begins with your feet and it ends with your hands. Your feet put you in a position to use your hands effectively. So if you're wanting to shoot that basketball effectively, you got to have good footwork meaning you have to be on balance. So I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many videos you watch. I don't care how many different theories you hear. The two things that you should always hear from anybody that calls themselves a shooting coach or shooting guru, they should talk about balance and they should talk about their follow-through. Now, how they teach that is going to be completely different. Some do balance shooting where they, you know, spin the ball and, and turn and hop and, and do all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's their way of teaching it. They have a certain way that they're teaching it to help you with your hands and your feet. Other people do something totally different. But those are the two things that, that needs to remain constant. Okay, I don't care. I don't care how long they've been coaching. If they ain't talking about those two things, if they're not teaching balance and a good follow-through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay no attention to them. That's just me. All right. So that is it. I appreciate everyone. Um, if this was your first time listening, I didn't say this in the beginning, but I appreciate you. I thank you so much for taking time, uh, which is about an hour of your time to listen to this podcast episode, way longer than normal. But I think I gave y'all some good content, some good information. Um, so here's what I need y'all to do. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast, right? Subscribe to it. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you know, uh, y'all make sure to be, to be checking it out. Um, also, y'all, you know, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star rating. That helps people be able to find the show and listen to the show. So I really, really, really appreciate if you would do that. Um, also, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, go ahead and, and if, if I said something that you thought was informative or you thought was good, go ahead and, and post it. Let people know that you're listening to the show and also tag me. My, my handle for Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse is at NBNBball, at NBNBball, um, let me see what else. Oh, my website. Website is tjonesfirm.com, T-J-O-N-E-S-F-I-R-M.com. Go in there and check it out. I have a lot of information about different things that I do and what I got going on and services and whatnot. And also, all you coaches out there, uh, you know, offseason is here. Basketball season is winding down. The college is has some great basketball games on the men and women's side. So if you are needing help with your skill development, I have a skill development program that's completely customizable that will help you get organized with your skill development. And I promise y'all this it's, it's a good one. I, I've done one for Little Rock Central High School, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. And the coaches have been going on and on about it. So if you want to email me about that, info at tjonesfirm.com. Uh, we can hop on a on a call. We can talk about it and discuss it. I can uh, shoot you over, uh, or we can do a video call and I can show it to you, and uh, or I can shoot you a one page and give you some information on it. So I'm really excited about it. So y'all let me know if that is something you're interested in. Um, and that is it. And I appreciate everyone that's listening. Until next week, actually, 
until Friday, because we'll have a new episode out on Friday. Thank y'all, and God bless.